intro for today takes place in the middle of a groove jam smoking mic song from June 29th, 1998 at the Grey Hall in Freetown, Christiana in Copenhagen, Denmark. And welcome everybody to episode 79 of the Daily Soundcheck. I'm your host, Mike Lawn Memo Minio. Pretty cool episode for you today. We're going back. Uh, we have two sound checks that were released uh, over the fall that we need to go back and cover, and we'll get to that in just a few moments. We got a great show for you. So make sure you're following the Daily Soundcheck along at thedailysoundcheck.com. It's uh, the best place to find everything. We have pictures, all our links to everything that we talk about in the show, you can find there. We are, of course, a proud member of the Osiris Podcast Network, which you can find at osirispod.com. If you haven't checked out the Undermine Podcast, it is fantastic. Going through the whole history of fish, all the way from the beginning in the 80s, and the Daily Soundcheck is actually going to have a spot on there through each season. So you can look forward to me recapping the sound checks in the 80s. Uh, that'll be coming in a couple weeks. So look for that. I'm pretty excited about it and should be just an absolute lot of fun. You can always check out uh, the old lawn memo over on the Twitter. Been doing stuff for a lot of years over there. And you can certainly find updates and all my thoughts going on on fish community, fish music and anything else that's going on. So was hoping to get this episode a little bit closer to episode 78 because we had two sound checks released together, but it's been a kind of a crazy time over here for, uh, for me. My father had COVID, my uncle's currently in the hospital with it, and then I was put out of commission for a couple weeks getting it, and uh, I'm starting to finally feel better and getting through it, and uh, just recently got to go back to work, so it's pretty cool. But it's no joke. If uh, you haven't had it and uh, you don't want it, it really puts you under. Tons of crazy fever, horrible headache for a long, long time, and really saps all your energy. So getting over that. So really excited to be back uh, behind the mic and get to this pretty awesome show. So before we get to that, I want to give a huge shout out to the Twitter user TweetPrize, who... He released this and the sound check from episode 78 over the fall, and it's just pretty exciting stuff when we get new sound checks to cover. So let's get right into one of the most unique concert experiences in fish history. I'm very excited for this one. Great story to tell you. Now, June 30th, 1998 in Freetown, Christiana has the Gray Hall, which is the venue here, and that's in Copenhagen, Denmark. Now, I remember when I was talking to my good friend, Mr. Miner, uh, Dave Clarka, which we had on for the Japan series, him telling me about this bef- this experience before, and I reached out to him if he wanted to add something, he wanted to come on and talk about it because it kind of changed him as far as all things fish. So he was excited to talk about it. So I have a pretty nice little interview with Dave coming up, but I just want to get into the venue and set the stage just a little bit before we get to that. Now, the first word of that whole town name Freetown should kind of give you a hint as to what makes this place unique. It was under military control for a long period of time and then in 1971 the military began pulling back and left this little area in Copenhagen wide open and this guy named Jacob Lugdvinson he declared it free in 1971. He was a well-known activist and he called it the forbidden city of the military. 
and rallied all these people to see it the way he saw it. And it became this just 19 acre area that nobody had control over. And what happened was a very hippie and free thinking like community came from it. It's only about 17 acres big and there's only about 850 to 1,000 people that reside there. The Danish government is trying to step in and they've made some inroads to kind of take control of certain things there, but pretty much it still remains its own entity. And some people have wrote it's one of the few real democratic places in the world. Now, it's very famous for being an artsy community. Uh, There's yoga, meditation, very famous pillars to that community, and arts and entertainment. The Grey Hall, where Fish played, is a central place there and holds about 1,500 people. It's just basically a huge barn, and it was built in 1891. You can kind of think of the town as basically just like, almost like a farmer's market, where there's all these different vendors in a big area selling things. And one of those things that they're very famous for is selling cannabis, wide open. And it was very open community for drug use and you'll hear dave talk a little bit about that but basically it was all drugs were pretty much open and accepted except for hard drugs and uh that would be like heroin and things like that now the danish government has stepped up and tried to control parts of that they even had to hide that in the shops for a while and they actually hit it with military flags in the in the 2000s uh era and then they just basically you know, after a long period of time, just started reselling it in the streets again. So that's kind of been uh, a, a back and forth between the Danish government and the people of Freetown. But it's pretty open right now since about 2017. The Danish government has kind of backed down on that, so it's even more uh, out in the open. It's pretty much a tourist town. There's the fourth biggest tourist population uh, in Denmark. It comes through there. There's also been some murky history with biker gangs. Hell's Angels, uh, which I'm sure you know, came through and tried to take control of the drug trade there, and it led to some infighting. So one of the rules that is actually taking place in Freetown now is there's no biker colors. Uh, It was a big problem. The guy from Hell's Angels actually got murdered, and his name was actually Bullshit. So Bullshit, the leader of the Hell's Angels gang, actually gets murdered and pretty much ends the biker gang drug cartel period of time in in Christiana. You can't make this stuff up. On a little bit of brighter side, um, Christiana has been a place where former drug addicts have actually found a a nice safe haven with the bustling uh, arts and, and entertainment community, yoga, meditation that we talked about. A lot of drug addicts have come there and built, you know, nice, you know, recovered lives there. So it's, it's been kind of like a calling city for, that kind of thing, which, you know, I'm sure in our community here, that's uh, a wonderful thing to hear. So that's kind of like a brief uh, overview of Freetown and Gray Hall. So I'm going to get into my interview with Dave Calarco. It runs about 25 minutes. We talk more about Freetown and the Gray Hall and his experience. And we talk a little bit about the show and the music. And he has some kind of cool stuff about how the sound check actually took place. So this is uh, my 25-minute conversation with Dave Calarco. So I'm excited to bring back my good friend Dave Calarco, who was with us for the entire 
Japan run that we covered, which was a lot of fun. And Dave did uh, four or five shows with us and brings a lot to the table. But when I brought up Christiana and the Gray Hall specifically, I just happened to remember him talking to me about those shows before. And I mentioned to it, to him if he wanted to include anything. And he was very excited to talk about this. So Dave wanted to come on and give a little bit about a pretty important run in fish history and in Dave's career in fish life. So <laughs> Dave, uh, welcome back to the show. And uh, it's good to have you. How you been? Good. I've been good, man. Hanging in there. It's been crazy times, but doing all right. It's nice to be back on the show, though. So, Christiana, um, why don't you kind of talk about this incredibly unique place as like a town or, or, or an independent or international community that it is yeah. a little bit first? Because I think that's very important to get a feel for. Yeah, Freetown Christiania is called. And it was a, probably the most unique place I have ever seen fish. It was, I guess, began as a, as a squat back in the day by some like local hippie type people in Copenhagen. And uh, what it amounted to when we got there was a little independent village where you'd actually walk through like the gates from Copenhagen into Christiania. And it was uh, it was like an old kind of old village with gravel roads and colorful buildings. And it had um, its own little bar up on the lake uh there's a, a lake up on the hill and it was uh there were no there are no laws there the only real laws which were very clearly demarcated were no hard drugs and um you know that you'd see signs with like a hypodermic needle with a slash through it as like the you know the only rules that were really there other drugs were totally legal. They had uh, a little town square, which they had all these outdoor vendors set up around a little green selling various things like weed and hash and mushrooms. And it was uh, a very different type of place. Gray Hall itself was kind of set back from the little town area, the little yard in front of it. And what the Gray Hall was, or Den Gray Hall, as they call it, was uh, an old horse stable, basically. It's an old barn, and you it's made of stone, and it's got a wood-beamed like wood -beamed roof, and it was painted with graffiti murals all over the outside. And uh, you go in, and it's just a big room. It's got a, uh, it's got, had, like, benches, kind of like these, like, wooden not real benches that you sit on, but wooden platforms on the side of the room where you could put your stuff. And the entire, the entire experience of being in Christiania for fish was completely surreal. Like we just, they had these city bikes that you'd rent, you know, like they have actually in America at this point at some places, but we just rent, like find some bikes, hop on, ride down to Christiana, lock them up. And like, it was just this little haven for everyone. Uh, and it was really like this self-contained village in which fish just kind of, the fish community kind of integrated into what was going on there for four days. And uh, it was really just an incredibly mellow situation and an incredible start to uh, Europe 98. And 
we were talking a little bit just before this um pretty important time in fish history yeah. here um, yeah i mean the context of these shows is outlandish when you know we're sitting in 2021 20, i guess it is at this point looking back on when these shows took place i mean we just came off of fall 97 msg new year's and the island run you know and I mean, you don't even need to say anything more. We just came off those shows. Yeah. Fish had just gone into the studio and had been recording Story of the Ghost in the Bearsville sessions. And so although there was like a six-month layoff between New Year's and Christiana, um, the band was active. They were, they were playing. And, uh, you know, they came out with a lot of new material, uh, they were much tighter than, you know, a standard six month break right off the bat because they've been working. And um, yeah, it's really when you think about where these shows land in fish history, uh, it's pretty mind blowing to think about. It's a kind of an interesting run and um, some you have a great write up that we'll link uh, back on. I guess I should mention, of course, this Dave Clark or Mr. Minor, you can catch his stuff at Fish Thoughts. Dot com and he has a great write-up of his run here that you should uh, take a, a good read on and so the first day was uh, a like a crazy situation with soundcheck why don't you talk a little bit about that yeah so a couple friends uh, i i went over with three friends of mine and um when we got to town the uh i guess this will be june 29th yeah, i should is... mention that so june 20 the 29th yeah, I yeah think go we ahead. probably got to town the night before this on the 28th and then the 29th you know i think the natural thing for everyone who was there for fish was to go check out christiana because everyone had heard stories about what was going on there what the place was like and so we hopped on our bikes and rode down there and you know very quickly met up with a ton of other people who were there for fish you know, explored the town a bit, walked through, see what was going on. And then before too long, Fish started up what turned out to be like a five plus hour sound check for the room they were about to play. And uh, they had the back doors of the barn open. And so everyone congregated behind the Gray Hall and we were able to very, very clearly listen to what was going on inside. And you know, they were really playing a lot of new stuff. They were playing the MoMA dance for the first time. All we knew was Black Eyed Katie. And so they were playing the MoMA dance. First time anybody heard it with lyrics and everything. They were playing Birds of a Feather. We never heard that. Or I guess we heard that at the Island Run, excuse me. But they were reworked it for the album. Uh, they were playing Ghost, which was a reworked intro with the new, like, you know, more ambient trancey feel instead of the just like hard hit that they would start with back in fall 97 uh songs like brian and robert Rogay, limb by limb they had reworked the entrance into the jam so there was all this new stuff in the fish music world going on and so we're just back there like captivated you know listening to every note and then the band would take breaks every now and then and Trey would come out back and hang out with everybody and talk to people about the new album, about the room inside, talk to us about where the songs from the new album came from and would just like answer questions and hang out. And uh, I think Fishman also came out at some point. Um, and so it was really this surreal atmosphere where, you know, the shows had not even started yet. And we were amidst this like 
crazy experience fish-wise. And, and meanwhile, we're in Christiania with this environment that I described earlier. And uh, the whole thing is just, you know, frankly, like unbelievable in some sense, you know, I mean, certainly unexpected and beyond anyone's like wildest dreams, what was actually happening. And so, you know, before the shows even started, we all had this like day of congregating and meeting each other and like there was like just this palpable energy you know with the people who were all there for fish because you know everyone had come over from america and it's a big trip to go over you know see fish somewhere in a different country like that and so that everyone's just you know in really good spirits the band was really excited and it was just this combination of factors that led to just like this real magical feeling and so that's kind of how everything started and it was uh it was wild and i've i've heard some other people uh describe that first days there is no recording of it unfortunately uh sound check of just being incredible stuff of jamming and unbelievable stuff so yeah uh and then so what we do have uh for the sound check that we'll play here in, in just a little bit is from uh, Twee Prize on Twitter and this is the June 30th uh sound check and that surfaced recently just a couple of months ago which brings us uh to our episode. And so you get the second day and that's a, a nice sound check and, and and then you get a pretty good first show. Yeah, the first show was ridiculous. Um it was a really really long show. Like it was a two hour first set and like a 90 plus minute second set. It was like a uh, it was a marathon, really. And there's, um, you know, without being any mega jams, which would kind of come the next couple nights, there's a lot of really good stuff in this show, specifically the stuff that has always stood out to me. And I kind of put on mixtapes back in the day was the stash cities from the first set really cool melodic stash jam that kind of transitions real smoothly into cities bowie that ended the first set goes into like a major chord theme for a while uh the first ever moma dance opened the second set with trey explaining how to do the moma dance and like had this whole narration going uh the wolfman's frankie says antelope from the earlier part of the second set was always a segment that uh that stood out to me and got tons of replay and then the mics that ended the show uh, was super hot as well. And so um, it was just, you know, kind of like a celebration of being there. And they were just playing all sorts of different stuff. They they worked in a couple of the new songs. I think they also played Roguet and Brian and Robert for the first time. It was just incredibly fun night. And as I said, it's without any like completely timeless, like next level jamming. but you know, sometimes just the experience of, of seeing fish in the moment where you're at, and especially at a place so special like this, it really was it was an over the top experience. And then the next night would be a little bit different. Uh, yeah, that is <laughs> if you want to talk about improv. So this is we're talking about July 1st, 1998. Yeah. And uh, you have a lot about this in your write up. So I'll uh I'm sure you want to touch on the tweezer 2001. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that is a segment that uh, has stood the test of time to this day. It is an incredibly long form tweezer that goes through many different groove segments, really kind of 
dark and fitting for this venue that we were in, which was also very dark and very hot in there. You know, without going into too much detail into the music specifically, it was really one of like a upper echelon all time tweezer that winds up getting super ambient at the end and segueing into like a 15 plus minute 2001, which sees the band just ripping. It's actually more of like a jazzier 2001 without the effects. It's more stripped down and the playing super fast with like really intricate licks and communication. And, you know, that whole segment, Tweezer 2001, uh, you know, kind of immediately became a piece of fish history and still is, you know, when you when you look back on it, it's every bit as good as it was that night. Um, and just the vibe of the music is just, you know, fish is really great at matching the vibe of the, what they're playing to the to the environment in which they're playing it. And I really feel that this sequence is is a very uh, great illustration of that dynamic. Um, and the, that was essentially the whole set. I mean, the rest of the set was Loving Cup, My Soul, Sweet Adeline. And so it's like a 45 minute, you know, chunk of like elite fish improv that, you know, needs to be heard at all costs. If for some reason someone's made it 23 years without hearing it. Cue that shit up. Yeah, I they're both individually. Uh, I'm I'm in agreement with you. The tweezer is one of my favorites, and the 2001. If you don't know, I did the jam chart for Fish.net with a couple guys recently, and we bolded this version. It's one of probably the top 15 or 20 versions. Oh, easily. I mean, and, that's that's and, short, even. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. It's really great, and you put them together, and it's complete space off or space. You're, you're leaving, you're out of this planet. And you, I just, I listened today in prep to re-listen and it's 45 minutes and you've left the earth by the time you get to the end of it. And it's really great stuff. Yeah, It, so, it was really one of those, uh, yeah. One of those experiences that like, I talked to whoever was there and like every, it was like this communal thing. Like everyone just kind of like had this like peak experience during that sequence. And, um, it is really special. And since we're talking about it, the, uh, the the show in general, there's a sequence in the first set that needs to be also listened to or or highlighted, which is the disease dog face piper. Really great, also somewhat spacey and ethereal section of music that uh, stood out as highlight jam of the run as well. And then you get the last day. I'll have a lot to say on this when we get there, but the uh, Thursday show, which is July 2nd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first set is more of a standard first set they debuted a few more new songs um with me and ficus and you know the reworked oblivious fool they uh they played shafty for the first time all three of those right in a row actually which was pretty cool but really the story of this is the second set which is just this one monstrous sequence of improv you know the ghost in itself is you know i know you're a ghost guy but uh, it is so you could probably speak to it a little bit more in context of its history, but really one of the elite versions of all time and the first real jammed out new school ghost. Um, it was a really notable departure from the really funk driven fall 97 ghosts. And this one has a much more uh, ambient, 
uh, vibe to it. Um, kind of like not ambient in like a groove less way, but like a more trancey. I think that's a better word, a, a more trancey vibe to it. And um, they get into some just, you know, really like surreal type two improv out of this and then wind up segueing into Runaway Jim, which also gets into a super sick, you know, out there jam. Chill out for a minute with a Caspian, which was actually you know more upbeat than usual. And then the yem that they end the set with is just bonkers good, like, you know, stand out like from the pack type of yem. And uh, and so it's just a four song second set, essentially jamming the entire time. And like all of the jams in the set kind of like have a similar sound to them. It's one of those really unified fish sets that like afterwards you're just like kind of speechless, like what just happened type of vibe. And, uh, you know, essentially like each show built on the one before and they end with this set that is as good as the set gets. You know, it's really, it's something. I think uh, I really like the word unified there. I was kind of looking for a word like that and totally it's, it all works together. The segue into Caspian is beautiful um, and really cool. But yeah, the ghost is, I mean, many, many, many people have told me that the Christiana ghost is their favorite version Mm -hmm. and no way I could ever disagree with that. It has everything. It rips, gets out there uh, the ending is just f- unbelievably beautiful. It's got everything. I prefer this to uh, the version that would take place just a couple of days later in Prague. Oh, yeah. It's um, which like, will, not even comparable. A lot of people like that. And I, I get that. It's an amazing version. But this version is it's easily one of the best. And like you said, yeah, it, I mean, the Prague Ghost is great because Trey rips so hard. But I always thought that was like way overblown in, in the fish scene. Like, I don't really understand why everyone highlights that when this happened literally days before. This is like and, and this one rips, too, in the middle. I mean, he he full flame throws right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not discounting yeah. that. I'm just saying the Prague Ghost is very one dimensional. Correct. This Correct. is like. 5d ghost yeah it's um it's great um the gym is super cool it's it's an amazing set like you said so i mean it's an amazing musical run and a really cool place um so david i'll let you kind of have the floor if you want to talk about anything else that you have for memories or anything else that you remember as far as the venue or freetown at all yeah it was just a really dreamy scene i mean we were in scandinavia during the summer it was light out until midnight, like for the last couple hours between like 10 and midnight, the sky would be like this really cool, like purple color, like, and, uh, you know, you're way up north there. So you're getting, you know, longer days and, uh, you know, you could go outside during set break and everyone hung out in the grass and puffed. And like, I remember like Mike would be out there hanging out. And it was just like this really like free flowing vibe to the entire three nights. And, um, and just a really like mellow and, uh, unique vibe to the entire experience for the three nights and the night before even. And so, and you know, it was, when you take when you take these three shows and put them right after the four in the island run, I mean, I've always kind of said, like, find me seven consecutive fish shows that are on that level. And I'll, you know, I don't know if it can be done, <laughs> but uh, 
it's just a really special time in fish history. And the fact that they got themselves to this place in the world to play these shows at this specific time in their evolution, uh, it, it, it's really kind of everything came together. And these shows were, you know, certainly the highlight of Europe 98. I mean, there were one of the prog shows was really good. The one that they released, um, that second set is really hot. And then Barcelona was a little spottier. The second night had second night of Barcelona was also really good. But you know, when, when I think back of Europe 98 and I talk to anyone about Europe 98, it's about, you know, Dengra Hall. It's, it's really, um, those shows stood out in Europe 98 and in summer 98 overall. I don't know. It was definitely, uh, as I mentioned at the at the top of the episode, just the most unique place I've ever seen the band. And that is probably considering Japan as well, because those were just music clubs and this was something all altogether different. You know? Yeah. Um, I think I remember reading something about a pretty good acid story with Trey telling everyone to take that or something that you had written or yeah, yeah, that was during the, uh, that was actually during the, uh, that night before the show when he was popping out, you know, and talking to all the fans behind the, behind the venue. And, uh, someone asked him, I think what the room was like inside. And he said, he's like, you know, it was a really, really cool, unique room. And he could really see this room on a lot of acid and, he recommended that everyone take a lot of acid the next night, something to that effect. And it was really funny. And so, yeah, that, that was where that came from. It was during that time of interacting with everybody during the, you know, night before sound check. I would imagine Freetown being the way it was. Most people obliged to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freetown, man. God bless. Nice. Uh, so anything else that you wanted to hit on or? Um, you know, not specifically. I mean, that's a kind of overview of the run. Um, you know, we stayed up all night after the third show and got on a train to Prague. And, you know, it was just this seeing fish in Europe was kind of, that was the only time I'd ever seen fish. I've ever seen fish in Europe. You know, that was, they had been there a couple of times previously or, you know, three, three, maybe three times previously. And, uh, it's really fun because it's just this like free flowing thing where like, you know, everyone's kind of taking the same trains, going to the same places and you just keep like meeting people and running into them at different all along the way. It's like this whole community is just kind of on this adventure together, um, you know, more so than Japan because you had the URL passes and, you know, there was really a set itinerary for everyone really on some level in terms of like how you're getting places. And, uh, it really just created a, an amazingly communal vibe. And I met, uh, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I wound up meeting so many people at these, at the gray hall and then throughout Europe 98, whom I became lifelong friends with. Uh, it, it was really kind of on some level, first time I really began to become, you know, I began to meet people that were really part of the fish community, uh, strongly part of the fish community, as opposed to people from my home life that I was going to fish shows right. with. And, and, you know, that I knew from other points in my life. Uh, it was at Christiana that I met 
people who I would spend the next 20 years with, you know, hanging out, being friends, living life. And so it was a really special turning point for me specifically. Uh, and that's on top of all the stuff we were talking about fish wise and musically and experientially. So these shows really hold a, a near and dear place to my heart. Um, and I always look back upon them fondly and, you know, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a really special time. It's great. Um, I think we all have memories like that and it's good to hear that we get to touch on yours a little bit. So, uh, well, thanks for coming back, Dave. It's always a pleasure. You bring so much uh, to the table and it's good to talk to you, my man. Yeah. A lot of fun. I'm glad we got to talk about these shows. It was certainly unexpected and heck of a lot of fun. All right, brother. Thanks. Take care. Take it easy. So once again, I want to thank Dave Calarco for coming back on the show. Uh, Dave's just a great resource for the fish community, real solid guy as well. And uh, he does an awesome job recounting some of the great shows and writing about them and now uh, talking about them. So thanks again, Dave. So let's get to our sound check for today, which is pretty cool and real excited to get to this new release that we have. It's eight songs, and I'll kind of run through them for you before we play them here. So we start off with Rogue, as Dave talked about. Uh, one of the newer tunes, and they had played that extensively the day before in that mega five-hour sound check that uh, unfortunately we don't have any part of, but man, do I dream that comes out someday. Uh, so the Rogue is about a, it comes in at, toward the end, so it's about a minute uh, and 20 seconds of that. Then we get about two minutes of banter. That's going to be the second track, and there's like Fishman saying a bunch of evil stuff and uh, it's really, really funny. Really good two-minute clip of banter there. Then we get a real extended look at MoMA Dance. As Dave mentioned as well, MoMA Dance would be played for the first time. It used to be Black Eyed Katie. And they're working through quite a bit of it. They're trying to get the proper tempo, the lyrics. Uh, there's some starting and stopping of that. But it's uh, it's a really cool glimpse into the Soundcheck universe where they you know have a new song they want to play and they use that time to you know, work on it extensively. So about 17 and a half minutes for the MoMA dance. Then there's about five minutes of kind of banter and noodling. This is kind of not the most exciting part, but it's part of the sound check. So I'm going to leave it in there. And Fishman and Mike are talking about the song, ha ha ha, and the different effects that they need for it. So if you start hearing some silence, if you want, you can skip ahead. You won't miss too much there. The fifth track is actually Ha Ha Ha, and it's about four minutes, and it's a standard working version of that as well. And then a pretty cool Birds of the Feather comes from that, and it has a really, really awesome free-flowing type one jam. It's not too long, but, I mean, Trey is incredible in it and really ready to, you know, attack the new song. I really enjoyed it. And then they start working on the harmonies toward the end. Fishman is worried about where he's fitting in uh, for the birds of feather. And the, he starts getting into that, and he's talked about a falsetto. So I really enjoy just listening to them try and harmonize and really dug that. Then from there, there's a three-and-a-half-minute version of Water in the Sky, which is pretty standard version uh, by, by that means. And then it kind of ends with some banter, which is about a minute-and-a-half, and Trey gives you uh alternative name for the album that they're releasing is a you know typical trey humor in the sound check so we have eight songs it's runs pretty close to 40 minutes so this will go take us to the end of the show as much as there's just amazing music to play as bonus tracks i'm trying to keep it uh to a 
pretty easy digestible length for you. So again, you can hit me up on Twitter if you want to hear some tracks to listen to. If you didn't uh, catch all those that Dave and I mentioned, there's just this run's incredible. But uh, you definitely, of course, on July 1st of this run, you need to hear the Tweezer 2001. It's all time stuff. But here we go. This is the June 30th, 1998 Gray Hall uh, Freetown Christiana soundcheck. Rogue, some banter, Moba dance, banter, noodling. Some ha-ha-ha, birds of a feather, water in the sky, and then we finish out with a little bit of banter. Thanks, everybody.
the sound. No, I, was, I couldn't hear Mike's bass as well as I could yesterday. So. Bass sound.
after after your yeah yeah how what are they doing to it how does it just oh two three four one the moment ends the last beat wins and you're going like oh I was going on the one ah uh, yeah I was going the moment ends yeah so let's do it. the moment yeah I know I know that was hard wait wait just come out of your part there just so I can.
try, ha ha ha, with the sounds of the right. Oh, but we don't have it. We don't have the sounds. Oh, we can? Mike, do you have the sounds?
my two. We're happy to say that our new album is about to come out. It's called Bareback Potato Sack. So thankful that Tweet Prize there on Twitter, he released that uh, nice, awesome 40 minutes of sound check that we didn't have before, and that makes me very, very excited. And to walk down this awesome show down memory lane, really cool. So thanks, everybody. This, again, was episode 79 of the Daily Sound Check. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace be the journey, and enjoy your fish. This is Mike Ganser of Aqueous letting you know the Daily Soundcheck is part of the Osiris Network. Osiris connects you with podcasts, videos, and live experiences about the artists and topics you love. Visit OsirisPod.com to check out our shows. Osiris works in partnership with Jambase, which connects music fans with the music they love and empowers them to go see live music. Check them out at Jambase.com.